0: It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarta, and I am a franchise advisor and coach. I match people with franchise opportunities I'm also a franchise multi-unit strategic advisor, and I help people figure out how to own multiple units, as I did in my franchise career. I am the author of Franchise Savvy. Uh, If you get a chance to check that out on Amazon, it's the number one bestseller in the business book section. And also, I just released a new online course. The A to Z on how to buy a franchise, or better than that, is how to invest in a franchise. So check that out on um, thefranchiseacademy.com, my website, and you can also listen to past episodes of the Franchise Academy. So welcome to my friend, uh, my, my new friend, Scott Sutton. Scott is the president over Threshold Brands, which is a multi-franchise holding company of service brands. Scott, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, it's it's great to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me on this uh, this beautiful Monday. Yeah,
0: this is it. This is um, it's beautiful, and uh, we are rocking and rolling here on the East Coast. And uh, you're just a little bit south of me right now, but um, it's great to have you on the show. And and so, do I have your title right? Uh, is it President of Threshold Brands? How how do you? What are they calling you these days?
1: yeah, let's let's see we got. To, what, what am I today? How many hats am I wearing? So I'm the Chief Growth Officer, Tom, inside of Threshold. And there's really four channels, if you think about the growth segment of the business that encompasses four channels that's franchise development, which we all know and love. Uh, our marketing organization, which includes consumer and franchise development marketing. I'm also mm-hmm. responsible for our a national sales center organization, which is our contact center, our client-facing contact center, and then innovation. So when you think about new services or enhancements to existing services, all the innovation and commercialization activities that go on across the eight brands that we have today inside of the Threshold Portfolio.
0: Okay, cool. So great segue. So there's eight brands before we get into that, you've been in franchising now for two decades. Um, what kind of capacity before this, what do, you, what do you bring to the table for the franchise owners there at Threshold?
1: Yeah, great question. I, I It's interesting because I think when you talk to a lot of folks inside of franchising, the question is always, how'd you find your way uh, into franchising? I was lucky enough right out of college to get put on a team that was developing a new concept inside of the petroleum industry, spent about five years with that organization rolling out two new concepts, really from a whiteboard uh, to commercializing and then growing those petroleum businesses. I've spent time inside of retail, early childhood education, B2B business services, uh, and now at threshold. So I've, I've seen a lot of different brands and there's one common denominator, and that's the fr- the franchisee, the focus that they have on growing their business, providing for their families, being active in the communities and ultimately controlling their own destiny. So. Uh, It might be different brands. It might be different organizations, but really thrilled to be a part of an organization that's focused on helping folks achieve their dreams. It's a great place to be.
0: Yeah, it it really is. And I I know some of the players uh, at Threshold. So, you know, Mark and the team there. So um, can you list off the eight categories that you're in right now?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and and this is exciting because two of the six brands, two of the eight brands rather, will be launched on November the third. We're really excited about those two new brands. Wow. When you think about our other brands that are inside the portfolio, Made Pro, FlyFo, and Men and Kilts are three of our brands that are located in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, we have USA Insulation based in Cleveland, Ohio our Pestmaster brand out in Reno, Nevada, and then our latest acquisition is the Sir Grout brand based here in Atlanta, Georgia, a suburb north of Atlanta, but really excited to have that brand within the portfolio. So those six brands will be joined by two new brands in just a couple of weeks, and those two brands are being launched out of a corporately run organization known as Plumbing Heating Paramedics. That's a business that was started by Ryan Carpenter in Noblesville, Indiana about 10 years ago. He built that business from scratch. He's now, and that brand is now part of the Threshold family. He's now our brand president. And in early November, we'll launch a plumbing paramedics franchise offering, and then a franchise offering for heating and air paramedics to really focus in on plumbing and HVAC support in communities across the country. So excited about that ground floor opportunity for folks that wanna get involved in that space. That's
0: amazing. So it's exciting because, you know, as we talked about earlier, offline, typically you'll see multi units under one umbrella in the food industry, fast food, like you think about yum brands, which is KFC and and Taco Bell and and Pizza Hut. Um, But this is one of the first brands that are doing it in consumer services. Isn't that right?
1: It is. And and you know, it's, it's really interesting and exciting for us. I remember um, when I was in college, I interned for a fast food franchise or, was a marketing intern, and they let me go to the national convention that summer. And I remember showing up at this convention, sitting around a table with about seven other franchise owners uh, that were a part of, of this particular brand. But the interesting thing in the food space is they owned about 50, I remember talking to a guy who owned 50 units of this particular brand, but he also owned 30 units of a competing brand and 20 units of another brand in the fast food space. And it was a really interesting take that I thought at the time was unique. It, it's not unique inside of, of the food space. It is unique inside of our service space. So when you think about the offerings, let's take Surgrout, which is just a phenomenal grout and hard surface restoration franchise inside the home that has had great success Uh, really strong franchisee validation, but that brand lines up really well with our Made Pro brand, for example. (laughs) So you've got Made Pro franchisees that understand how to provide the kinds of industry-leading services inside the home, a route offering and adding that brand to a franchisee's portfolio just makes a lot of sense. And we've already seen some cross-brand growth inside of our franchise portfolio We're excited to see franchisees grow by not just adding a new unit to an existing brand, but also adding multi-different brands within the threshold portfolio. Um, A lot of acceptance so far inside of our franchise organization, but we're excited for that growth uh, and opportunity for each franchisee out in the marketplace.
0: That's sweet. So let me ask you this. If I'm a made pro franchise owner, so I essentially every day have a team of people that go out and clean people's Homes, it's residential. Um, and now you come knocking on my door and say, Hey, Tom, you know, you're doing okay, everything is great. You should buy our Sir Grout franchise. Why?
1: What what how does that help me? It's a great question. It's the number one question that we get from franchisees. And at the end of the day, it comes down to, to a couple of simple answers. The first is: our franchisees are trusted service providers. For communities across the country, right? If you're a Made Pro franchisee, number one, you're spending a tremendous amount of time in people's homes. Um, You're you're caring for and cleaning and servicing um, some of the most you know intimate and personal spaces that anyone is a part of. That's their homes, right? That's where they spend their times, raise their families. So you're a trusted provider. And think about the number of hours, Tom, that you're in that home able to observe, assess and recommend. When you think about the ability to observe and assess, what are the things that that home needs? What are the things that and the improvements that you could bring through the Serg Route brand? That's where you start to get the synergy of maximizing the value you can bring to that household based on the number of hours you're in that residence. So it's it's really interesting when you think if you've got a thousand clients that you're servicing and you decide to add on a Surgroute franchise offering, you now have a thousand customers that trust you, that understand what you're doing, and they immediately become an attractive customer base that are a little bit different than how you might think about acquiring new customers if you're a new to industry franchisee um, that's just come into the organization. So it's just a different take, a different approach that Allows you to synergize and leverage the relationships and business that you already have.
0: It, it's amazing. And then there is, in my opinion, the economy of scale. So, you know, you can interchange staff members, right? If you had to.
1: I, I like, I, you're exactly right. I think the other piece is, you know, the opportunity for upward mobility, cross pollination, and the opportunity for folks to look at and consider doing different things across different brands. I mm-hmm. think employees today, we all understand some of the challenges that are out there in recruiting and retention. One of the big pieces that I think resonates with new employees and existing employees is the opportunity for upward mobility, to gain additional skills, to do different things. That's achievable when you have multiple brands across different segments. And that's, that's really an exciting opportunity for our franchisees in the multi-brand arena.
0: Yeah, and I think that, um, and I'm sure you talk about this with your folks, but say I own a Made Pro, and uh, and I'm running a ValPak ad, right, which is direct mail to somebody's house, which is also a franchise, by the way. And so you're you're mailing every month, you're mailing out, you know, thousands of these things, and it's costing you X dollars. Now you could split that coupon into half being Made Pro, half being one of the whichever other brand i buy and it's going to cost me the same money now to advertise for two brands that's economy of scale to somebody that doesn't you know i want to just share that someone that doesn't understand really what the impact could be um, for a multi unit segment
1: yeah no no doubt and then you you buckle in you think about well we've got we've got value uh, that that we're offering inside the home Let's not forget about outside the home, right? Our Men and Kilts brand, our Flyfo brand, our Pestmaster brand, which is both inside and outside of the home. We're starting to bring about a portfolio of opportunities that allow for our franchisees to care for interior and exterior spaces that, let's face it, um, our consumer today spending a lot of time in the home, outside the home, and it's become an even bigger area of focus, given what we've all been through over the last 18 months. And I don't know how much longer we're going to be through this, but there's been a lot of focus on taking care of the home. And Tom, you and I know, I mean, our typical customer has you know people inside the home that are working from the home. They have young children. And yep. if we can bring about services, if our franchisees can bring about services that allow for our consumer to live their best life, um, then great. I mean, that's, that's what we're after. And I think the synergy of bringing together these brands from a franchisee perspective builds that trust and credibility, and in many cases can provide a one-stop shop for a lot of consumers.
0: Yeah, I think it's beyond brilliant. I mean, I just, you know, I'm thinking just like name the brand. If you're at somebody's home, you know, you're, you're, I don't know, cleaning somebody's house and then, you know, you see, you know, hey, Mrs. Smith, I. Tried my best to get this grout, you know, cleaned up, but there's, you need some help here, you know. But uh, you know, in, in my New York slang, I got a guy. <laughs> <laughs> the guy happens to be right. also my company that can actually clean your grout. Or I saw, you know, um, a bug, uh, so you might need pest masters. Uh, and here's the card, you know, that that's like how,
1: it's like right there. It's in you you're there anyway. It just makes so much sense. It really does. And, and we're focused on being tech enabled as well. Um, and We've got a great technology backbone and really a foundation onto which we can build a number of consumer apps, but also the ability to aggregate information at what we call the pro level. So if you think about Made Pro, the individuals that are passionate about coming in and, and handling and servicing those spaces for our consumers, they're aggregating a whole lot of data. To your point, right? What did I see? Did I see that there's a grout issue? Did I see there may be a pest issue? Is there a lighting issue? Might there be, when I flush the toilet after cleaning it, did I hear or see something that indicates there could be a plumbing problem, either now or something that could lead to a plumbing problem? Aggregating those data points really provides a robust data lake that we can use and cascade either through marketing or interaction with other franchisees, even when it's not the same franchisee, right? If we have other services being provided by other franchisees in those same markets, you start to think about the ability to cross-pollinate, to cross-sell, and to really create an environment where the threshold brand's portfolio is what consumers are turning to first when they have an issue, whether that issue, again, is brought about Buy their service from made pro or if a plumbing paramedics uh, tech tech is in the, in the home and sees that there may be a cleaning issue, vice versa. So there's just really excited about the ability to aggregate data and become more relevant at each consumer site.
0: And that's, that's so key. And that's something that, you know, a plain mom and pop really can't do is, is have that kind of data at, at their fingertips. And, and if they do have any kind of data, you know it might just be customers' emails. They don't know what to do with it and And I think a company like yours, you know it's just a push of a button and and you could do all sorts of great things to help the franchise owner. And I think that's a big part of it. So the technology, so it's a technology business that happens to be providing services in people's homes and and I love that idea. So who's the franchisee you're looking for? like if you are thinking about, um, you know, Pestmaster, you're looking for somebody that loves bugs?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. Well, I mean, who loves bugs? Or (laughs) said differently, who doesn't love bugs? You know, look, we have, there's a couple of different, when you think about all of our brands, the personas, right, that is the folks that, really lean in and are interested and perform really well, there's some variability across our brands in terms of what those personas look like. When you think about Pestmaster, um, we know that it's that entrepreneurial-minded individual that's ready to take that step, control their own destiny. A lot of our franchisee opportunities are really from the space itself. So Tom, think of it this way. We know that there are a number of techs in the field today that are working for large organizations that would love to own their own business. They know the space. They understand the value that they're bringing to their clients, right? Nobody wants to be walking around a home and have to deal with turning on the lights and seeing something that's going to freak them out, right? Right. And there's value in a tech and a company being able to abate those kinds of situations and bring value to that consumer. There are a lot of techs out there that want to be able to own their own business, but don't see a path to getting there. Pestmaster allows for and provides that path. So we're already having conversations with folks that have raised their hand to say, you have the marketing engine, you have the support structure, you can train me on how to operate a business. I'm bringing the tech specifications and experience to be able to help me provide the best service possible. When you marry those up, that's why Pestmaster works in a really good way if you're a tech. If you're an entrepreneur, we have the ability to marry up those texts with folks that want to go to work for a young, growing, emerging brand that's got a great track record of success. So, you know, we're looking across a couple of different personas inside of that Pestmaster brand. Across our other brands, look, we've got school teachers, we've got um, fire personnel that that have joined uh, our organization. So it's just a really, a really neat group of franchisees that have come in to do some neat things in their markets.
0: And I think that's the strength of a franchise company is the franchisees, because they're all building equity in the same brand. Everybody is helping each other. There's so much wealth of information. People come from different walks of life. And that's what I experienced in my own franchises that I've owned and operated. Um, and, and I have made lifelong friends uh, through the businesses I've owned.
1: Oh, we, we were so. in Orlando, Tom, this, this past week, having uh, our first regional workshop, um in the southeastern US since pre-covid right mm. and and I'll tell you a lot of energy but the thing that I noticed is is when we when I was talking to the 30 some odd franchisees that attended that regional workshop All of them as a group had gone the day before to Universal Studios. Many of them were staying in an Airbnb home or they'd grouped together with a local franchisee. Huge sense of community, uh, sharing of ideas and information. Uh, You love to see it, right? When, When we think about the corporate approach where people get up on stage and talk about what franchisees should be doing, at the end of the day, we're an organization where franchisees are sharing best practices to validate when you do this, this is what happened with me and the success that I was able to earn by deploying this initiative or taking these marketing approaches. So yeah. it's, a, it's a really good culture. And I think when, when you talk about growth, you know that's a big risk. You want to make sure that you're growing the right way with the right people and preserving a culture that's been really successful for so many years.
0: You know, I, I don't think that is spoken about often enough in the franchise world is, is just a camaraderie among franchise owners. It's so opposite of corporate America where people call you their friend and you might go to lunch with them and hang out during work hours. But at the end of the day, they'll stab you in the back to get your job. So, <laughs> and, you know, in, in franchising is quite the opposite. So, so I love that. I mean, even I, I had a smoothie franchise that I sold in 2005 So 16 years ago. And literally two weeks ago, um, I was talking to one of my former fellow franchisees who's still in the business. He's on the other end of Long Island. And um, he, he we were just talking about, you know, life and stuff that's going on, and he needed some some help with uh with employees. But um, but it just, you know, 16 years I've been out of that business and and I still talk to this guy probably you know, once a year or so, twice a year. So I got a question for you, Scott, um, and I don't mean to be facetious, um, but but help me with this. So all your brands, we kind of know what they do because the name says it, you know, Made Pro, you know, Sir Grout, I mean, it's Grout, it's Pest Master. you're dealing with extermination of bugs. Um, USA Insulation, you're putting insulation into homes, existing homes uh, to protect it from heat and cold. Um, Men in kilts, what is that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll say this. Let's start off by saying um, every brand is extremely valuable inside the portfolio and there's a lot of energy. Men in kilts right now is on a different level. This was a brand that was founded actually by a current franchisee, a gentleman named Nick Brand up in Canada founded this brand years ago, really as as a, a homage play to his uh, his land of origin, his country of, of love, right? So the, the Men in Kilts brand is a neat, cheeky brand out in the marketplace that is focused on exterior. So when you, you think about primarily, it's exterior cleaning uh, and beautification. So everything from window washing to pressure washing of hardscapes, pressure washing of the home, in markets where it's relevant our franchisees will actually do snow clearing. Uh, and I will tell you when they're clearing snow, they're wearing the kilt. Uh, they may not be wearing the kilt with only some boots on. They may have some pants on under, underneath that kilt, but uh, they are actually wearing that kilt. So it, it is, if you think about the things that Men in Kilts franchisees and their teams are doing, it is essentially beautification um, and cleaning of exterior spaces there are some interior cleaning, uh, very boutique interior cleaning um, that that the franchisees will provide, including window cleaning, but also cleaning of of chandeliers or other custom projects of that nature. It is a really fun brand, um, and one that I think we're going to experience some substantial growth because it's a space that needs it. Number one, and number two, the approach and the way that these services are delivered are just fantastic. We have a brand president, uh, Rachel Southard, who is just a ball of energy and so much fun to be around. Uh, so really excited about Men in Kilts and the growth there.
0: Yeah, it's um, you know a company that's uh, making kilts great again.
1: Yes. <laughs> that's so, i love that I, i'm gonna use that and so, so as we start to talk about the brand it's it's just it's it's one of those brands it's you know the um the ability to get out there and provide some really valued solutions to consumers yeah. and look that's a brand that you know there there isn't there's no real estate footprint with that brand There there's no office space footprint with that brand it's really uh, marketing, training, upfitting of our of our truck that allows our techs to get out and do their work. Um, so it's a really good brand for folks that that want to be in that space and and grow in a in a way that's efficient on their dollar, um, and and an opportunity to use a cheeky brand to get out there and and earn customers.
0: So when you say cheeky brand, I I agree. So is your franchise owner perhaps the prospect you're looking for a little bit different? Maybe somebody more. Kind of fun-loving and gregarious, um, not afraid to wear a kilt, if you will.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it, our our persona on that brand is is a. Is a- is varied. Right. Um, but yes, someone that really gets into the culture of the brand and there is almost a, a very strong sense of community inside of the men and kilts organization. And look at, at the, we had a regional workshop out in Las Vegas, about 50% of uh, the, the cohort out there were men in kilts franchisees. The rest were made pro franchisees. I think every single men in kilts franchisee that showed up, showed up in a kilt and there was so much energy, right? Lots of pictures were being taken, lots of energy. Um, Tom, it is, I mean, if you look at the core business itself, it can be a seasonal business. And Mm -hmm. so we have franchisees that, that look at the business as a seasonal business, and it's an add-on business. Um, if you're a if you're a teacher and you want to work seasonally, if we have a franchisee that loves to be on the slopes in the winter, and so instead of deploying some some of the snow clearing uh, services that can be made available, they choose to do the the core basic services and and go. Skiing in the winter, right? Yeah. So it, it has a lot of flexibility from a seasonal perspective for folks that want to come in. But back to your question, yes. I mean, people that have a, a fun loving, different way of looking at business are really the ones that get energized and excited about men in kilts.
0: I'm sure there's a lot of word of mouth in regard to advertising, um you know, men in kilts. I know as I was talking about it with a colleague of mine on the phone, my wife overheard it and um, she's like, I don't know what the men in kilts do, but don't come over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, when that van shows up and when they put the the yard sign in the lawn, you start to see neighbors coming out of their homes. They they start to kind of show up in front of the house to see, you know what's going on here. What what yeah. are these folks doing? It's it really strong. is an interesting draw. It's it's yeah. been fun to watch that brand grow and and see some of the uh, the adoption inside the community, and, the, the and gorilla type stuff. It's fun.
0: Right. And it's not rocket science, which is what I love about all the brands that under this threshold in, in that. Um, like I remember a couple of years ago, I was at a tech convention and I had a smoothie kiosk and I was, you know, selling smoothies. And this gentleman came over to me to buy a smoothie and he said, wow, I, I'm just, in, in, enamored with what you're doing. He said, look around you, there's billions of dollars of technology here. And like, you're the only one making money using a blender. <laughs> it's like, it's one of the whole tech, the tech stuff was slowing down. You know, that was 20 years ago, but, um, and I thought that was, you know, that really always stuck with me. I felt like, you know, you don't need like technology. You don't need all, you know, this fancy stuff you know you just need something down and dirty that people want and need which is all of this kind of stuff and the stuff that you have and it also for a lot of people and I'm sorry I'm I'm kind of like going on here but correct me if I'm wrong if if you're the kind of person you're new to ownership you've been a middle manager the the biggest thing you're afraid of is marketing and sales because you've never done it so you guys have great programs installed for your franchisees to draw leads in, right?
1: Yeah, and I mean, Tom, look, I, it's, and, and I'll go back to your comment earlier, right? The brilliant comment, right? This is not rocket science. It's about the company that, that you're partnered with, knowing, you know, who is the consumer, right? Do we know the consumer? Do we know how to reach that consumer? And when we reach that consumer, do we have a compelling offering with value that's performed in a way that meets expectations, right? And and so that's what, you know, when we think about the research dollars that we invest to understand and do the consumer research and how we link that to the way that we develop collateral and a marketing-in-the-box approach for franchisees, there's so much value there. I mean, to your point, and, and across all of our brands, there are a lot of people in corporate America that have worked in that space long enough to be sick of it. Right. And they're ready to step out and do something on their own. But to your point, they want to feel comfortable that they're aligning with an organization that knows the consumer, knows how to reach them, is going to market to them the right way, support the franchisee the right way, train the franchisee the right way, and execute so that they get repeat business. I think, you know, for us, one of the things that's a lot of fun is the speed to beginning operations and I've been in brands where, you know, you sign a franchise agreement. Now you gotta, you gotta go find a piece of property. You find the piece of property, you gotta build a facility, you gotta finish the construction. And so 18 months to 24 months later, you're nice. opening up and, and starting to generate revenue. And, and so you're there, that's a long cycle. You know, we've got brands where you're signing the franchise agreement, you're, you're operating 90 days later. Um, and, and there's some benefits to that. When you think about capitalizing on people's drives and ambitions and dreams, it's a really fun place to be able to get them going and get them going the right way.
0: Right, and, and it's what we've seen um, during COVID, 18 months of data now, shows how many of these little industries, and when I say little, I mean it's not fast food, um, but in any of these segments that you guys offer, the COVID numbers have gone through the roof because people are home and and they're like, huh, I need to fix this and we have $20,000 extra because we weren't able to go to Italy on vacation. So... <laughs>
1: It's huge. I mean, listen, I'm standing in, in my home office and I will tell you that about eight months ago, it would be very difficult. I'm knocking on wood because I know it's going to happen in, in, in the next couple of weeks, but it would be very difficult to have this meeting because on one side of me, a neighbor's putting in a new swimming pool. On the other side of me, they're taking down trees, putting up new gutters and completely... Changing the sod in the backyard. So it was bells and whistles and diesel engines and all kinds of stuff going on. The reality is, to your point, big investments being made in people's homes. I mean, in the old days, you look at something and maybe I'll tend to that when I tend to that, but I'm going to go to work and be out of the house for eight or 10 hours. Well, now they're in the house eight or 10 hours. If they don't like the way the baseboards look because there's a pest issue, they got to walk by that a lot more trips than they were a year, a year and a half, yeah. two years ago. So you're exactly Great time. right. Great it, time it for time. this business. For really sure. good.
0: So if you could bust one myth about franchising um, right here, what, what would you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, busting a myth, boy, there's a lot of myths about franchising. I think when I look across my career, and, and I think that the, probably the biggest myth that you hear is the myth of the entrepreneur right? And that is, it's, you know, it's entrepreneur. And, and here's the thing. If anyone's ever read the book, The E-Myth, you know that there, there is the entrepreneur, but then there's the manager and there's the critic, right? There's different different personas that come into play. And here's how I like to kind of bust the entrepreneurial myth. It's really franchising, this is a cliche, but franchising is a method that allows an individual to be in business For themselves, but not by themselves. Mm -hmm. So a true entrepreneurial entrepreneur wants to come in and develop a new sandwich to sell at a particular restaurant. Great. The good news is that they don't have to do that to succeed in franchising. Franchisors have systems, products, approaches, and support to allow the entrepreneurial-minded prospect to come in and be successful and i think if i could when i talk to prospects about entrepreneurialism that's important but i also like to focus in and say look at the end of the day you're in business for yourself but not by yourself and that's mm-hmm. the important partnership model that exists inside of franchising
0: that's so well said and and thank you for busting that because it's one of the biggest kind of misnomers and and as I talk to people that are just starting the franchise search, it's a business with training wheels. It's the best way that I could say it. And for a lot of people, I and it's self-serving to say this, but if you've never been in business before and you want to start a business, you're crazy not to look at franchising first. No doubt. Because you, you know, the amount the amount of stuff that you don't know and you and you won't know until you make the mistakes and spend Thousands of dollars on mistakes, you know, you save all that. I mean, you pay a franchise fee, yes, but I call that tuition up front. You're saving yourself a
1: lot of headaches. So- You're right. I mean, we we talk about, you know, the the ability to test the ability to take risks um, and and really at the portfolio level inside a threshold in our brands, you know, we are researching the consumer, but the fun part is, you know, our franchise advisory boards for marketing are leaning in and saying, Hey, um, we have an idea. You know, this is something we're seeing with our consumer. Let's test this. Let's try this. And we get the benefit of having the overall organization plan for a line and spend the money to do that while our franchisees can benefit from whether or not that works. If it doesn't work, you don't use it, right? right. If it does work, now every franchisee has the ability to benefit from that. And that's just something that you don't get if you're hanging a shingle, uh, going it alone. You know, That's a bigger risk proposition than we have inside of franchising.
0: Absolutely is. And, and I just wanted to add to that is that a lot of people feel like they buy a franchise, they're going to be locked in this box and they're going to tell you what to do, want to do it. And that's not entirely true. A great, a lot of the innovations that come through franchising come from the ground up, meaning the, fr- the franchisees say, hey, this is what I'm hearing in the market. And then the franchisor says, great, let's test it. And then, you know, you have to measure it. And then if it's a great thing, we roll it out to the whole country and all the franchisees. So that's something that I just want to clarify. Last question for you, Scott, somebody listening out there right now, what advice would you have for them as they're thinking about franchising or not franchising?
1: Yeah, great question. And, And I think, you know, we've heard the cliche before, if you find something that you love to do, and you can do it every day, is it a job or is it not a job? You know, that, that's a big question. And so I often say to people, think about, and, and, and many folks, Tom, as you know, have or are coming out of a corporate American environment or a job scenario where they've been attached to a particular job for years, they're ready to make that change. I think the most important thing is, what if folks like to do? What's their passion? And how can they find a brand that aligns with that passion, that continues to provide that stimulation for intellectual and professional growth, but is done in a way that allows for someone to get out of bed every day and say, wow, this is really what I want to be doing. This is really my passion. So if there's a piece of advice, it's this, find an area, find something that really resonates with your passion and follow that to the brand that's going to ultimately make the biggest impact and provide the happiness that every franchise owner deserves uh, as as they work throughout their franchise career. And, and look, this is, you know, we all, we're realists. We understand that there are going to be good days and there are going to be days that are challenging and there are going to be great days. And if you're doing something that you really love doing, if you're controlling your destiny, then that's the best, best of both worlds.
0: Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. Um, and and it really comes down to the role of the franchise owner, the Dana life. Um, in my opinion, you don't have to really love, you know, bugs to be a great pest control franchisee or or you name it, whatever it might be. Um, as my mentor, uh, Jeff Elgin says from franchise, you could be a vegetarian and own a hamburger joint because you're not doing it. Uh, that your role is not flipping burgers. Your role is to, be a CEO and a CFO. So yeah, I
1: mean, look, the, the Sir Grout brand, a great example. That's not the grout business. That is the sales and solutions business. You're you're sitting across from people that have a problem, and you're providing a world-class solution to that problem that after that problem is solved is gonna allow for that customer to enjoy their home and and be around friends and entertain their family in a way that makes them feel great about the space in which they're providing that entertaining. That's a phenomenal feeling. It's a great opportunity for for folks that are sales and solutions focused, right? Is it the grout business? It's really the sales and solutions business. So that's the right way, Tom, I think, to think about it. You nailed it. Yeah, well, and I got
0: that kind of from the e-myth, right? It's really, um, you know, the people that are a technician in their business are the people that don't do well, and you follow your passion. I love to bake. I'm going to open up a bakery, and you realize that a bakery, 10% of it has to do with baking. The rest of it is all you don't know about business operations, and that's where franchising comes in. Bingo. So I really thank you for your time. I know you're busy, and you guys are going through a massive growth spurt. And exciting to see, I have to say. Um, So I just want to thank you for being on, Scott.
1: No, Tom, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Look forward to the next time when we can get together. Uh, It's been been a good time chatting.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll hang out and have uh, dinner and cocktails and the whole nine yards at the next uh, international franchise or whatever meeting we uh, can run into each other.
1: I look forward to that and excited that we can even be talking about that again. So uh, that's exciting for sure. I look forward to getting together, Tom. Absolutely,
0: Scott. Have a great one. Thanks for your time. Say hello to everybody over there at Threshold for me. We'll
1: definitely do that.
0: Thanks. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational
1: videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.